Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today and Settle Top Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers, and I'm joined by my good friend Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And we're coming back to you with another podcast. This time, we are previewing the Miami Dolphins, who the Packers will be taking on on Christmas Day. It's the Christmas season, Braun. We are recording this a, a few days before Christmas, and I am I'm in the I'm in the Christmas spirit. I think I'm pretty excited. Packers are playing on. Christmas Day for the second year in a row. Don't know how much I love that, but hopefully it's going to be a fun day. And hopefully we're going to come out of it with a Packers victory on Christmas. Because in, in that case, it would be a pretty good Christmas for me. Bron, how are you doing? Are you excited for this game? Yeah, Griff, of course we're excited. We have a lot to play for, and this is a massive game against... This is probably our toughest test since the stretch of games where we beat Dallas, lost to Tennessee, and then lost to Philly. So this is the beginning of one of those stretches of tough games. Those, these three coming up, right? And Miami is a, is a good team with a lot of firepower and some great defensive play, some good defenders up front, Bradley Chubb being one of them. So they have a lot of guys um, that you worry about and have to kind of center your game plan around. And it's Christmas, and they're going to be in Miami. There's the element factor that we usually talk about our elements, but this is going to be a whole opposite factor where we have to deal with some of the heat, and, and that's certainly a topic of discussion, Griff. So... Super fun matchup. We got to go and get a win, though, and we're trying to make the playoffs. Well, I do have to say, as many of you longtime listeners may know, I do live in Florida, and it's actually, I live closer to Orlando than Miami, but by me, it's actually going to be pretty cold on Christmas, Braun. It's going to be about 50 degrees. I don't know what it's going to be. It's, it, I'm looking at it right now, actually. In Miami, it's going to be 55 degrees with over, overcast skies. So the, the heat oh, is it, really... That's a mild day, and I mean that's, that's really a not even an issue. October home game, right there. That's the heat is not going to be as big of an issue as it typically would be with this team playing in Florida. And we know the 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 scary thing is that this team sucks in Florida. Specifically, Aaron Rodgers is just typically pretty bad in Florida. We did play in Florida earlier this year, week three. We went to Tampa and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a score of fourteen to twelve. That was not Rodgers' prettiest game, but. Uh, we did win that game, and maybe that uh, broke the Florida curse that Rodgers has had for a long time now. So, isn't it crazy that it's so it was it was so well known that Rodgers is bad in Florida that last year in 2021, when the Saints had to move the opening game of the season, they chose Jacksonville because they knew that Rodgers was bad in Florida. Why is that a thing? Why is Rodgers bad in Florida? <laughs> I, I really don't even like to get into It's a weird thing. I, I don't like to get into this idea that we're not, I'm not going to pigeonhole Aaron Rodgers and say he's not able to succeed in Florida, even though like that's been the case. It's just, I and we saw, like you mentioned, we won a game against the Buccaneers this year in Florida. So I, I feel like we can go and do it in Miami. And, and the last time we went into Miami specifically, uh, was that fake spike game with Corliss for that touchdown uh, after the Devonte Adams catch from the fake? One of my spike. earliest Packers memories, right there. That was a that was a great game. Yeah, that was that was super fun because not often, even with Mike McCarthy, I, how often were and, and definitely not with Matt Lafleur, but how many trick plays did we run over the course of the last decade plus? Not many. So that was certainly a memorable one. Yeah, no, that was a great game. Very happy memory for me. Let's hope that uh, we get some more happy memories this Sunday. Braun, let's jump into the game here. So the Packers are 6-8. and eight, The Dolphins are 8-6. and six. The Miami Dolphins not as good currently 
as a lot of people thought they were earlier on this season. They are coming off of a three-game losing streak. They have lost consecutive games to the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco, and they also lost to the Chargers in L.A. and the Bills in Buffalo last weekend. So three-game losing streak for them. They are back home for the first time since Week 12, surprisingly. And they are going to be motivated because we're, as we get as we get closer to these playoffs and the Packers, we know Braun are going to be pushing for the playoffs. The Dolphins are just as motivated because they are in a, a a tight race for a wild card spot in the AFC, just like the Packers are in the NFC. So it's going to be a competitive game. This is not going to be a trap game by any means. It's going to be it's a scary, scary thought thinking about the Packers going into Miami and playing this team, regardless of the record, regardless of the numbers, how good have they been this season? Just looking at their roster, where you have Mike McDaniel calling plays for them. They have Raheem Mostert in their backfield, who I still have nightmares of. They have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Tua, who can distribute at the very least. That's a scary, scary thought. Yeah, Griff, it's full. It's a talented group. And a guy you didn't even mention, Pro Bowler Mike Gusecki, tight end. Like these, They have a lot of guys. They're just a super talented group on both sides of the ball. Even when you look at their corners, they, it's just a lot of good guys. Everything they've got. Xavier Howard is still there. So they just have a good group. And you have to think, you know, what, what when it's these big games like this where Miami needs a win, Green Bay needs a win, both these teams are trying to make the playoffs, what it comes down to is, like, can the Stars prevail? And the good news is Green Bay has a lot of them, but the bad news is Miami's got a lot of them too. So that's the matchup. You look at some of these key different points. You know, can Xavier Howard do anything against what Christian Watson is going to bring to the table? And just some of these interpersonal player matchups, those are what I look towards in games like this where there's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball and you need, in a big game like this, the talented players to step up. So that's what I'm looking towards is, is these matchups specifically. If we want to go back to last year in 2021, week nine, when we played the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, that was the Jordan Love game. Tyreek Hill, of course, was on the Chiefs at the time. And if you remember, the defense played really, really well in that game. It was a final score of 13-7, to and this was against Patrick Mahomes. They didn't have a backup quarterback playing, but they still were only able to put up 13 points. Tyreek Hill was playing in that game, and he was targeted 11 times. Just four catches for 37 yards. Average depth of target was 18 yards down the field. The Chiefs were trying to get the ball to Tyreek, but Joe Barry made it a point to not allow him to break them. And he talked about that at the podium today. So this is a coach, Joe Barry, who we all know that not many people have a lot of faith in right now. But he talked about at the podium today how in order to win this game, in order to have a good day on defense, the Packers are going to have to keep everything in front of them. Because the Dolphins, they live and die by the big play. They live on explosive explosive plays. So the key is going to be keep everything in front of them and tackle well, of course. Tackling well is easier said than done because they have not tackled very well this season. But if you go back to last year, Week 9, they were able to contain Tyreek Hill and not let him be the reason that they lost on defense that day. Well, the problem is, Griff, with that, you've got Tyreek Hill, but Jalen Waddles on the other side. And we're going to have to rely on Jair, I think, to try to cover one of these guys and it hasn't been great for him this year in terms of it, it started out okay when they started singling him up on guys in man coverage I don't know if that's something they'd be interested in doing here and I don't really know if I see the benefit of him traveling with one of those two guys just because there's two of them right so he's probably going to be covering one of them regardless if he was going to travel or not but so what's the solution then Griff I mean they've been playing like like you said 
trying to keep everything in front of them. That's the Green Bay defense. Uh, Joe Barry's scheme is so passive. They've got the two safety looks consistently. It's very little man these days. And against a team like this specifically, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be much man coverage. And as passive as he's gotten sometimes over the course of this year, I'm expecting this to be the most passive that the Joe Barry defense will have looked all year by the end of this game. And this game. is a game where that would make sense. It would. Yeah, it's a fair. It. It's certainly fair based on the they can beat you deep and can Tua get it there is the one question. But they also Griff they also have to stop the run like you mentioned that Raheem Mostert burned them once and I'm not saying he's the same guy that he's never been that great. He's just had that one massive game against us, but he's still a player and they've got other guys there. You know, Jeff Wilson is still there and he was a good back for the Niners this year until he got traded to Miami and he's been decent there so far. They have a running game. Their offensive line has been pretty solid all year, protecting Tua and whatnot. Um, so there's, there's certainly a lot to contend with on that offense. What is the what's the goal for our defense, Griff? Are you thinking because we were more aggressive? I'd say last week in most in most cases there were certainly the opportunities where um, there was a lot of just you know that long extended distance between our corner matchups and our secondary versus some of these receivers. But I thought we showed some aggression for the most part with some blitzes and things like that, getting pressure. But what's the what's the game plan? Do you try to pressure Tua or do you make sure you cover the run? What's What are you emphasizing here and, and what's, what's our best recipe for winning this game? So from hearing Joe Barry talk today, I, I imagine the game plan is going to be playing very passive, not being super aggressive. This is not the week where you're going to change your defensive philosophy and all of a sudden become such an aggressive team on defense against Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. So I think that what they're going to do is play a lot of two-shell, which they've done a lot of this season. I think they're going to play a lot of two-shell, two safeties up top, keep everything in front of them, like I said, like Joe Barry said, and try to make Tua Tungabailoa be as patient as possible. Because Tua... I, I do want to talk about Tua Braun because I'm not sure where you stand on Tua. I'm really not. But I, I do not think Tua is as good as his numbers have looked this season. I don't think he's as good as the efficiency numbers have looked this season. I think he's a very Jared Goffian quarterback. And he he's in the top 10 of turnover-worthy play percentage, according to PFF. He only has 17 big-time throws this season, 15 turnover-worthy plays. He is, if you try to make him be patient, I don't think he's on the Jimmy Garoppolo level of quarterback where he is willing to sit there and dink and dunk you. Tua is going to throw you some terrible footballs. He is going to get impatient if you make him play, you know, five yards at a time the entire game. He's going to throw you a couple terrible passes. And I think that's where the Packers are going to have to capitalize. Turnovers are obviously such a huge thing. We've seen the turnovers just come in bunches. Um, as the season has gone along, because you remember early on this season, we weren't getting any interceptions. We weren't getting any turnovers. Now we are starting to get a lot of turnovers. And I think that that is going to be where the Packers are going to succeed on defense. It's just forcing Tua to be patient. And I don't think he's going to be able knowing, I mean, you, you can probably, if you can put yourself in his shoes and understand where he's coming from in that when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Mike Gusecki and all these weapons around you, you don't want to be patient. You don't want to sit there playing five yards at a time, you know? So he is going to, I believe, naturally throw some up that the Packers hopefully are going to be able to capitalize on. Griff, I just feel like, remember I said this on the last show, I'd rather be aggressive and let them score than be passive and conservative and let them score, which is what we've been doing all year to teams. 
on defense. And I, I don't know. My, I just, I do think Tua is going to be able to do enough if we play very passively and, and run a lot of middle field open. I just think that it's going to be, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to win the game on offense. I just don't see a scenario where they don't have success. It just it feels like it's going to be another game. Like it, there's not this doesn't feel like there's any way it could be a, a breakout game for our defense. It just feels like it's going to be one of those games where we're going to let up at least 24 points and we're going to have to score 30 and and we're going to and that's how we're going to have to win. And it just it feels like it's going to be really tough cuz we've seen this year even, right? Like from Tua's perspective, it doesn't take a lot to make Tyreek Hill and and Jalen Waddle look really good, you know, streaking down the field. Like he, he, they overcome a lot for him in terms of even just like it looks like Tua may be throwing the deep ball a lot better, but it's just so much easier when they get as open as they do, right? And like those guys get open by a lot, and they're getting more separation than a lot of guys in the league, especially when it becomes deep. Just their speed is is just unmatched. But we do have speed in our secondary, the good news is. We've got Keyshawn back there in the slot, who's really fast. Jair is one of the faster players in football at that at that position. Our safety is... I'm concerned about our safeties, and, and that's the problem, Griff, right? Like, maybe you do want to look to be a little more passive just because we don't have the safety speed with Darnell not out there to make up uh, for what they have. And maybe, is that a thought? Do you go to Darnell and, and try to utilize his speed against these two dynamic receivers who are going to be looking to beat you over the top is it a time where you'd want to put Darnell in solely for his speed but that's those are the questions that they'll consider maybe that's an option and maybe they do it but if they don't still I have concerns about the speed at our safety position with Rudy Ford and Amos as the two guys don't love the speed there no that's a scary thought we talked about the Adrian Amos's athletic decline this season it's been real and we didn't even talk about on the last podcast how Darnell Savage played just one snap on Monday night. I mean, Darnell Savage, we're at it's he's an afterthought now. It's like we haven't even talked about his benching, but he is healthy. He has just been benched in favor of Rudy Ford. But it is interesting because Rudy Ford is not the fastest guy. He's a great special teamer. He's a great tackler. He's a great but box safety. Well. But he's not the type of rangy player that you want covering the deep half of the field against Tyreek Hill, you know? So maybe they do mix it up with Darnell a little bit more this week. It is a matchup thing, I think. And I think, like I said, Rudy Ford has played well for the most part, especially coming in as a special teams guy like Keyshawn did. These guys have exceeded expectations. So maybe maybe this is just a matchup thing, and I'm not sure it's even something they're totally discussing, but I think it's something you'd want to put on the table and try to see if, if, if it would be an option. Um, but look, we have to get pressure, I think, right, Griff? I mean, you want to try to get pressure before some of these deep routes can develop. We showed that we could do that against the Rams, but can we do that against the Miami Dolphins? Armstead, their left tackle, he's been out of practice so far this week. It's Thursday as we're recording this year, and he didn't practice today. That's a good sign, but again, like you can't rely on that, these things That is occurring. a deal-breaker for their offense right there. It would I mean, be a big, under big pressure. Loss is a different quarterback when Tua is under pressure. So ha- not having their all-pro left tackle out there is a big deal. It certainly would be against a guy like Preston Smith, too. Who I, I, That's a, that's a matchup that they probably feel good about, Armstead versus Preston Smith, uh, or who you know whether it was Kingsley uh, on the other side. But, you know, Preston is a guy who will get out. Even, even against a guy like Armstead, he's going to get a couple pressures a game, even if he was just going to sit there the whole time, maybe even a sack. But we saw what Preston does, you know, under the lights. He's just a different player, you know. He's he's a playmaker. 
he's one of those guys that makes plays, and he he makes the big plays, the splash plays. He creates turnovers. Um, I think he's had a pretty pretty really actually a solid year, a very good year, especially without Zadarius on the other side. It, after the contract extension, he's been good. So he's a guy I think needs to show up, whether it's Armstead or whether it's a backup you know, at the left tackle spot, I think he needs to come in and get pressure because this is a game where, like you said, Griff, it's important to pressure Tua. And then maybe that takes away some of the stuff that I'm concerned about, some of the intermediate stuff, right? Because I think we have a little, we'll have a better chance at, at blocking up and covering some of the deeper stuff if we can get that pressure. So I think it all kind of, it's all complimentary. Everything we do on defense, it'll help us secure another part of the defense and help us lock everything down. So if we play in unison, I feel strongly that we could actually, you know, we could put something together here, but it's going to be tough. It is tough against this kind of talented group. The key to Tua, just like a lot of these system quarterbacks, I feel like if if I, if I'm going to call Tua a system quarterback, the key is always just to get pressure because once they're under pressure and they have to kind of think for themselves for a second and, you know, make a play beyond throwing to their first read, it's that's when things get tricky Tua, when he's throwing from a clean pocket he has a passer rating of 114.3 this season when he's under pressure that drops down to 84.2 84.2 not the worst in the world but still that's a pretty significant drop off so Taron Armstead being out there at left tackle that's a big deal that's a very big deal and that is an injury to watch Braun let's switch the offense here the other side of the ball so the Packers offense man all of a sudden you turn around and you look behind you and now it's week 16. First of all, how is it already week Whoa. 16? What wow. happened this what happened to this year, bro? What happened week to this 16? <laughs> and it's like, okay, the the Packers offense actually isn't that bad. It's as of late, man, these past 7, 8 weeks, it's not been that bad really since the Lions game where we scored 9 points, where the offense was just atrocious, just impossible to watch. Turnovers were killing us. We were moving the ball okay in that game, but just the turnovers were terrible. 9 points. We get the ball last in that game, and we throw it away on 4th down pretty much to Sammy Watkins, who runs the wrong route. That was awful, (laughs) and at that point, it's like, yeah, this offense sucks, and we're going to have a top 3 pick. But now... Christian Watson... Is, that's literally it. That's literally it. Because week 10 was Christian Watson's three-touchdown breakout game. And ever since then, he's been on a roll. And this offense has looked like a completely different unit out there. Weeks 1 through 9, if you're looking at EPA per play, the Packers were ranked 23rd in the NFL, weeks 1 through 9. That is obviously the bottom half of the league. That is terrible offense. That is up there with the likes of the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts and even Ugh. the dreaded Denver Broncos. But when you go week 10 through now, week 10 through week 15, the Packers are, guess what, Braun, third in the NFL in expected points added per play, which if you don't know what that is, it's a bit of an advanced number, but it's basically, as I always always say, it's kind of a better version of yards per play in just the the dumbest terms possible. It's a more more inclusive version of yards per play, and the Packers are ranked third in the NFL when you go since week 10. The only teams ahead of them being the Kansas City Chiefs at number one and actually the Detroit Lions at number two. But the Packers are third, and it's like we have a good offense, and we talk about how against the Rams, the offense looked like the 2021, the 2020 versions of the Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers offense. And it's kind of been at that level. Not quite at that level because Devontae Adams makes a huge difference, of course, but it's been near that level since week 10. That's a stat that I think is going to surprise a lot of us, Griff, as it did me. And I think a lot of that, like I said, has to do with Christian Watson. And now the return of Romeo, 
I think our offense looked pretty good against the Rams. Again, we talked about it last week. That was expected. Bad team. It's the Rams with their depleted defense, their depleted offense. But still, I mean, this could unlock a new level for our offense. And that was what I said, you know, prior to this game. I think the Christian and Romeo duo, having them both on the field at the same time. And Rodgers went something crazy, like 7 of 7 um, in the 13 plays that they were both on the field together. Rodgers didn't had no incompletions against the Rams. So I, I'm pretty sure, you know, that's the way we want to go moving forward. Hopefully Romeo can play more snaps this week, coming off a little more rest and getting through a game healthy. Um, so, I, again, I feel like that duo is going to be the reason if we get into the playoffs, that duo is going to be the reason why. I, I think the way that our offense has been kind of building to this point, I think now looking at the way that we're going, the way that we played against the Rams and now going into this big matchup against Miami, if we win, it's probably going to be because that duo helped us get to 30 points and outscore a really good Miami team that's on a little bit of a slide, but we can go and take advantage of that and we just got to hang maybe 30 on them. And I think we can do it. Do you think we could do that, Griff? I feel like we could. Dude, the offense is, it's a different story. Like this offense is good now. It really it's not, is. It's and the so, reason why we win and it's certainly not the reason is. why we lose at this point. And that's refreshing. You know, this is what we hoped. And getting, we talked about it on the last show, the rookies, it's the price you pay when you're relying on rookies, but now they're starting to come into their own late in the season after Thanksgiving. It's kind of what we were, we hoped we could get some, we, we hoped we could string some wins together before Thanksgiving and then be in a position where we're becoming our best group and, and playing our best ball going into the playoffs. And we're doing that, but it's going to be tough to see if we can actually get in now because we really have no room, no margin for error. But I like the way that we were playing as of late on offense, and it's going to be the reason why we make it if we do. If we go back to our priors from before this season started, what did we expect from this season for the Packers? We expected the offense to struggle early on, naturally. Young receivers, guys Rodgers doesn't have a lot of reps with. It's going to take some time, but the defense is going to be good enough that they're going to keep us as a good football team with a good enough record to absolutely get into the playoffs, probably win the division, probably win 10, 11, 12 games even. But the the only thing with that is that the defense has been just terrible so <laughs> a lot of games yeah. this season. Not terrible, yeah, but underwhelming at the very least they have been. And so that's when you're going big picture and looking back on the season, the defense is the absolutely the reason that the Packers are six and eight right now because the offense is since week 10 they've been fine and our priors have been confirmed on the offensive side of the ball because we knew that was going to take some time it did take its time it was a lot of bumps in the road but now we're at a point where it is an efficient highly productive offense but the only problem is we've lost a lot of games at this point because the defense wasn't able to keep us in some of those games like we thought it would be so now we're 6-8, and eight, and luckily we still do have a shot at the playoffs. And hopefully the defense just doesn't, just doesn't ruin it for us. The defense doesn't let us down in a big way on, on Sunday against the Dolphins. Because the offense, I'm not worried at all about them at this point in the year. I have no doubt that they're going to be able to score points. I mean, only 24 points against the Rams, but that easily could have been more than included in kneel down at the one-yard line to run off the clock. They easily could have scored more points there. They've scored a lot of points in a lot of games this season. And Romeo Dobbs, man, he's a he's a huge difference. He only played 23 snaps against the Rams on Sunday, and we haven't seen him and Christian Watson together 
in a, in a full game since week nine. And remember, week nine, that's still when this offense was bad. So him getting more snaps is going to be huge. And then I don't know. What the, I didn't see that stat, Ron. Rodgers being seven for seven or something like that when they're both on the field. I mean, ha- him having more than just Watson is so big for him. It really is. And to have those guys kind of developing the trust. And these are all things we expected to happen. I I had thought that there was a chance they could come out of the gate playing well on offense, but I thought that would be because, if anything, the defense was putting them in good positions, playing complimentary football, getting them the ball near midfield, and and things like that. But the defense just has not been good enough. The whole point of this offseason, everything that they tried to do was put the team in a position where the defense could make up for some of the offense's faults, and until they started kind of playing more complimentary, and the offense starts to bring it together, right? Those are the things we wanted to see happen. Probably after Thanksgiving, you get the bye week coming up and things like that, right? So those are the things we were thinking was were going to happen, but it just never did. The defense just never came together. It played worse than it did last year so far this season, and um, the talent level is is right there. You know, it's it's right with what we had, and it's just it hasn't. It hasn't done what we wanted. We draft two guys in the first round on the defense and, and somehow get worse. And ha- not Devontae having Devontae Wyatt. Oh my God! Just because you mentioned Devontae Wyatt being one of the guys that we drafted in the first round, he looks so good every time he's on the freaking field. I was just gonna say, Griff, not having Devontae Wyatt on the field more is like. And then you, we, we were watching the he game. He had nine Griff. snaps. And the, nine the two snaps, snaps on Monday night. He had back-to-back snaps, and he I think he like had a half sack and then had a pressure right after that. And we're Literally, like, what the heck? Like, the best plays by an interior defensive lineman not named Kenny Clark that I've seen from the Packers in All so season. long. Literally. He it's looks like, like a freak out there, man. He's getting nine snaps. It's week 16. Dean Lowry, what is he showing you, Joe? What is Jaron <laughs> Reed showing you that you insist on keeping these guys on the field? It, we do this every week, Griff. Sadly, and it's not going to change. Maybe we don't will. talk don't about Devonte enough. Uh, he's getting nine snaps, and it's week sixteen, and the interior oh. defensive line is one of the biggest weaknesses of this defense. That is a fireable offense, bro. Get him on the field. You traded up for him. What are you doing? What What is he? What are you risking by having him out there? I don't care if he makes mistakes. Oh, I know, Griff, and we talk about him a lot, probably more than most people do, and we still don't talk about him enough because he's done things every time he shows up on the field in these one or two snap spurts and then they just sit him down again and it's like what I don't we I'll never understand it but again this is all part of the Joe Barry experience we know and love so deeply but um look here's the reality the defense has to start carrying its weight quickly because the offense is starting to do its job and this is what we had hoped right I just said we knew or at least had you know we weren't getting our hopes up for the offense being as good as it was going to be last year, and, and and that was the reality of losing Devontae Adams and just trying to replace him with a bunch of guys that weren't very talented uh, with, with Lazard, right, at being our number one and bringing in Sammy Watkins, who's no longer here, and relying on Amari Rodgers to step up, who's no longer here, and Christian Watson, the rookie, who has been, he was hurt to start the year and finally came on late. Romeo Dobbs getting thrust into the starting role very early, and making plays, but it's really just him making plays at, at points. And Lazard had a fine start to the year because he was getting targeted so much, but he's just fallen off too. So it's th- those are the those are the sad realities of what has gone on with this offense. But now it's at a point where you feel good about the group. We talked about it on the last show that quartet of guys plus Samari Torre. We've got five receivers on the roster now after going into the year with seven. And th- look, you feel good about the five. It's a thinner group than it was, but you feel good about the five. 
and the offense is in a great spot with the two running backs, the offensive line looking good, even without David on the field. There's a lot to be excited about. Now, on the defensive side, it's continuously just been a non-improvement and maybe even worse play over the course of this season and not good enough against the L.A. Rams last week with Baker Mayfield playing. So it's just, it's really not enough. And we now I, I'm a little concerned, but again, if we can play it, this is the great game to start, to try. Going to be tough, but this is a great game to try to put it all together. Just because you mentioned the O-line and it got me thinking, you know, related to Devontae Wyatt. This is not related to the Dolphins game at all, but Zach Tom has been playing at left tackle in spell of David Bakhtiari, and he's been fine. He's been good. He's been good. He's made and, plays, yeah. Royce Newman was the starter wow. for this team for the first seven weeks of the year, six weeks of the year. And then their their second option behind Royce was Jake Hansen. Meanwhile, Zach Tom, who, Braun, you and I have both been saying since training camp, which we attended, we've both been saying that he is he should probably be a starter. He's probably one of the best five guys that we have in that group. It, it took... took too long for this coaching staff to realize that. That's, Same thing uh, when you look at the punt return oh game. Keyshawn goodness. Nixon, the kick return. Keyshawn Nixon, the Pro Bowl special teamer. He leads the NFL in so many categories when it t- comes to returning kicks. And how many fumbles did we have to sit through with Amari <laughs> Rodgers on the punt team? Costing Are you kidding me? Chances to win football games every week. How, how many weeks did we sit here complaining and whining? About Amari Rodgers returning I didn't kicks realize, and returning punts. I didn't even realize, Griff, how bad it was. Because I didn't know... Maybe maybe it's not all Amari, I'm thinking. you know, maybe, like, But then Keyshawn comes in and within five minutes looks like the best returner we've ever had. Maybe since <laughs> maybe since our, our Super Bowl uh, MVP. Desmond Howard. Yeah, so I mean, this is a, certainly a revelation. And that makes it tells you right, like that's we can't blame Amari. It was Amari was a guy I really wanted to draft. I have to tell you, I, we wanted him in the draft, as far as at least I'm concerned. And I I was thinking to try to get a slot receiver. He ended up really not playing on offense for us. I don't know what he would have, would have been able to do on offense, but as a kick, well, returner, he couldn't get the hand signals. Right, so the, just so we're relying on him to return kicks on special teams instead, and that just wasn't working out. So we cut our third round pick after what? This is not even a two year period. Love it, <laughs> but now, uh, but we the good news is, uh, Keyshawn's in there playing really well. Wants to start playing on offense, and I don't see why not. <laughs> hmm, how fun no, would that I'm, be, bro? Yeah, no, that that would be fun, but. Uh, why? Why do it? He's he's so good. <laughs> Why? Yeah, yeah. Make him the make no, him the first uh, two way. Devonte Wyatt. Once he starts getting snaps in, in the Super Bowl, when he's a starter on this defensive line, because we're gonna obviously we're gonna go to the Super Bowl this year. When he's right. starting by February, we are gonna. That's gonna be another one of those things. It's gonna be just another like victory Zach Tom, lap, just yeah. like Keyshawn Nixon, where it's not even a victory t- a victory lap that we are happy to take. It's more no. of a, what? why are they so late to these things? That every, It's not just us. We're not the only ones sitting here saying this. Everyone no. knows this, you know? Like, yeah. obviously, Amari Rogers. every time he fumbled, your entire Twitter timeline was, how is he still returning punts? How How are they really putting him out there still? It was so obvious. you got to get him out of there. Jake Hansen at right guard. Who, who thought 
That was a you good You didn't idea. like that move? <laughs> no one did. No, except Matt LaFleur, I guess, or the O-line uh, coach see, this or is someone. Why I, this is why I don't, like, everybody talks about, oh, no, don't blame Matt, like, whatever. Like, he deserves every little bit of, and there's a lot to go around, but, you know, whatever this year turns out, the start to this season, you blame the defense, you blame Joe Barry. Matt LaFleur takes a lot of that blame, too. And everybody does. Everybody gets a, gets a slice of it. But their decision-making, we've talked about this, Griff, the decision-making process on a lot of things through this year. And you could even go back. Some people, I'm not one of these people, but a lot of people, including you, um, think that the bye week choice of not taking it after the London game was a big impact and, and taking it this Playing late. Playing 13 games in a row. That's that, right. 13 and, games in 13 weeks is a hard thing to do, bro. Right, exactly. So I, I don't think personally that would have changed much about like how many wins we would have, but it certainly would have helped us recover probably and, and things like that. I, I there, It couldn't have hurt. But now we're in a position where the bye week really didn't matter. You know, we're, we we can try to make the playoffs here, but we're not, it isn't all in our hands. Like this isn't like we can go and make the playoffs or we're sitting in the playoff picture right now. So things are going to have to, we're going to have to beat a team that we really haven't beaten all year other than the Dallas game. This is a type of team where we're going to have to, we're going to have to play really good football and, and try to win. Again, I've said this a bunch of times. It's going to be a tough challenge. I'm excited though. I, f- I feel like this is, Griff, it's Christmas. It's a lot of fun. It's this literally is a special, Christmas. It's a special game. It's going to be fun. God uh, is a Packers fan. It's going to be a fun game playing on Christmas two years in a row. I I mean, like I said, I don't love I don't love playing on Christmas. I got I got no, things it, to do. It has I got people potential. to see on Christmas. It has I mean, the potential I, I don't to sit ruin here. your day. Yeah, I don't want to sit here emotionally invest. It's at one p.m. too. Last year, at least oh. it was at like four. Like it's at one p.m. I don't want to do this. Um, but the Packers, I mean, playing on Christmas, it could make my Christmas if we win in a dramatic ending and it's going to be, you know, like the Dallas game. If, that, if the Dallas game happened on Christmas, that would have been the best Christmas of my entire life, you know. I was so happy that day. But, I mean, that's going to do it for the show. We are very excited for this game. Like Braun said, we are going to be rooting against the Commanders, rooting against the Seahawks, rooting for your Green Bay Packers, and it will be fun. So, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, make sure to uh, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening, make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss our next episode, which will be reviewing the Miami Dolphins game. We will be recording that on game day on Christmas, and we will get that out to you as soon as possible, which will be one way or another. It's going to be a highly emotional show, so make sure you don't miss that one. Uh, if you like the show, you can rate it to five stars on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you are listening. Send us feedback on Instagram at Today in Titletown. Follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers. Follow Braun on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And that is everything. Thank you so much for listening. Go Pack Go. I said it on the last show, and it rings true because we've got this matchup, and nobody's going to be picking us, right? Nobody And Packers fans don't think we're making the playoffs. I still get comments, uh, we're not making the playoffs, lose out, lose out, get a better draft pick. It's not easy to have faith, especially in this ragtag group of defenders and, and some of the guys we've got on offense, but it, <laughs> faith is it's important to have, and here we are big massive game here trying to win trying to get in the playoffs one game at a time if we can get this game it gets a lot easier right it gets it gets easier with every game let's go get a let's go get a win here let's have some faith in this team merry christmas thank you for listening forever and always go pack go (laughs) 